Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Lennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 16, which was written by Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser, with art penciled by Robson Rocha, inked by Daniel Enrique, and colored by Michael Attia. The description for, uh, for this issue reads, quote, Plain Sight Part 2. Public pressure runs high and there's no debate. You're either for Supergirl or against her. As the people of National City divide over their feelings on Supergirl, the teen hero finds it increasingly hard to balance her daily life with her role as her city's protector. With the DEO and fellow intern Ben Rubel closing in on her secret identity and the added pressures of Catco's internship, the last thing on Supergirl's mind is an upcoming school dance that's more trouble than expected, unquote. What a strange summary for that issue, which I feel like did not really talk about the dance at all. Not really. Uh, there was uh, not much that... Uh... <laughs> really uh was applicable to the issue <laughs> like they, they mentioned the dance in the last issue because it seemed like ben was going to ask her and then she was like no nah, i'm not gonna do the dance i'm super busy and he's like yeah me too so super busy uh but i don't remember there being a lot of dance content in this one yeah i'm thinking that the same people who write these comic book book descriptions are maybe the same people writing them for the tv series on the cw because uh maybe <laughs> some of those people need to get it together maybe uh, uh, uh jean has a, a secret to share in this issue <laughs> as well <laughs> yes he has a shocking secret uh, that we will soon discover in Supergirl Rebirth somewhere down the line. Martian Manhunter will show up and share his secret. I think it's coming. It's just, uh, it's not mentioned there because they don't want to spoil you. So uh, <laughs> maybe it'll show up uh, when uh, we find out more about this dance, which I agree, there wasn't really much dance stuff in this one. But what there was in Supergirl number 16 was a lot of Sharon Vance, a.k.a. Strange Visitor, so what were your first impressions of this character? We saw her a little bit at the end of Supergirl number 15, kind of a cliffhanger, but we really got to see her in action in this one. So I felt like I had missed something um, because I didn't remember if she had been in Supergirl before. It seemed like she had a real history with Supergirl, but I couldn't seem to like remember... I couldn't remember if she had been in an earlier issue of Rebirth or if it was just sort of historical <laughs> experience with Supergirl that uh, I haven't read. Actually, now that you mention Was that, she in Rebirth? I don't know. I, uh, we, we read this so piecemeal that I, I have yeah. a hard time remembering. <laughs> well, it does mention that she's in Superman Volume 2, number 173. So that, that was a, a story from uh, quite a while ago. But I sort of skimmed through that issue and there wasn't really any Supergirl in it. It was more Sharon Vance with Superman. So she didn't really have any Supergirl uh, stuff going on. But now, now I'm curious if there was some stuff a while back. Uh, I don't think there was. Yeah, I'm not coming up with anything. I think this is her first big appearance in uh, Rebirth. And I think the reason that it feels like maybe she was supposed to have an interaction with Supergirl, but she actually hasn't in Rebirth is because Director Bones sort of manipulates her brain to make her think that she's 
had an encounter with Supergirl, and Supergirl is the cause of her problems. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing that the storytelling is trying to trick our brains, I think. Yeah, yeah, because even Supergirl is like, this is not like how you usually are, and like you, you, uh, you died to help people and to help Superman. And I was like, did I... Did I miss something? I, I'm assuming it's from that Superman story uh, that was referenced in, I think, probably the first panel. But I did feel like I had I had missed something, uh, and it was possible just because of the way that we read it that I had missed it in Supergirl Rebirth, and then I, and then I started to feel bad about my memory. Well, and then you questioning that made me then question it, which <laughs> I hadn't previously. But now I think I think. We've nailed it down now. I don't think she's appeared previously except for in Supergirl number 15 right before this issue. Um, but she's she's tricked by Director Bones to make her and I guess us think that she had interacted with Supergirl. But you're right. When she does help save Superman, like she dies sacrificially to help uh, Superman, that it does happen in that Superman volume 2 number 173. So that is the history there. I, I honestly didn't know much about Sharon Vance, so uh, I thought this was a good introduction to her to see her powers and her look and her crazy hair <laughs> that was going on. Her hair is a whole look. It is electric. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's electric hair. Like when she has a bad hair day, it is serious. <laughs> and it looks like it could hurt you. Uh, <laughs> I would not mess with her hair. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was cool to get to meet her and she does have a pretty, pretty good couple of fights in this issue. I, I felt like this was very action heavy, this issue. Yes, this one definitely was. Yeah. Sharon v- Vance fights, uh, Master Cola and also Supergirl a little bit. And there's also a fight, uh, with another character. So Director Bones, his whole plan is he's going to use Sharon Vance, a.k.a. Strange Visitor, to lure Supergirl out of hiding because Kara realizes that the DEO is after her, and so she has been kind of hiding it out, shilling a bit on the Supergirl thing. And so Director Bones, in his nefarious Director Bones way, wants to kind of put some superhero, supervillain bait out there in the world so that uh, Supergirl will feel like she has to come out in the cape as a hero to stop this action. And when Sharon fails, because when they fight and her memory kind of gets back to normal and she knows that Director Bones has uh, sort of sort of brainwashed her a little bit, uh, we get to meet an- another character, which is basically Sharon Vance's replacement to try to continue messing <laughs> with Supergirl. So there was a character named... Decelia, I guess is how you pronounce her name. I think so. Uh, Morgan, I'm curious, what were your thoughts about this character? I did not love her outfit. <laughs> that sounds like a weird critique of a character, but boy, her um, her boobs are just straight out there. She is just leaving very little to the imagination, <laughs> uh, chest-wise, in that outfit. Gravity is being defied. <laughs> Uh, it's just like this weird corset, but it's also got, it's like this corset bodysuit thing, which cool, but then it's also got like a weird vest that kind of half comes around and I'm just, I'm very confused by it. I'm mostly interested in the sleeves. Why are the sleeves? Why are the sleeves? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, honey. Like, I just don't get any part of the outfit. I'm so confused. 
she does have a part of her shoulders out, so that yeah, she's got she's got them shoulders out, so you know she's making them power moves. <laughs> uh, we've learned that from Lena Luther, but I don't understand any other part of it. Um, yeah, no, I just I I felt this issue to me felt like a lot of look at this person. Can you believe this person is in the issue? And I'm like, who? <laughs> Uh, and I felt like that was um, every, like, fifth page was me just going, who? Um, and clearly because I read this tonight because I'm a slacker, I did not have time to do any research. So I was just like, I have no idea who any of these people are. Because um, I also didn't know who uh, Cola is that how you pronounce it? He was a character that was featured just like slightly in Supergirl number one, way back at the beginning of the Rebirth run. And he was kind of like just so, so minor that he just, he was barely there, but he was in prison and Supergirl had visited him, visited him in prison. So I guess because of her kindness towards him he felt like he owed her a favor. I sort of like that he sort of swooped in and stepped in for Supergirl when she wasn't going to be out superheroing, and he tried to stop uh, Strange Visitor. I thought that that was really cool, but I'm with you that I was kind of like, wait, <laughs> who is this person? Why why are they acting like I should remember him like he was a big part of some of anything? Uh, that does make me feel better that he was just a minor character in the beginning because I really felt like I was like, geez, like I know it's been a while between issues, but man, my memory is really going. <laughs> I, but one of the things I really liked about him in this issue is like when she throws him to the ground and he's like, you know, it... Like I, I can hear, I can hear, hear the data, and I know exactly what's going to happen. And then Supergirl shows up. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they they did a cool tag team there. I thought that that was really neat. Um, and the thing that frustrates me about Rebirth is we will get uh, things thrown back at us, like Master Master Cola, who barely shows up in the first issue. We see him later in the sixteenth issue. But we still don't know what's going on with Eliza Danvers' hand. <laughs> so why why do we get certain information and then not like the crucial information about one of the main characters of the series? We don't get any information about her. So I, I have really conflicting thoughts about the writing here because you do want us to pay attention to these minor characters that show up in like a panel. But then you don't give us information about why a character who is previously not known for having missing a hand she just has a missing hand. You don't explain it. Yeah, it's so strange that we still have not gotten any any kind of background or story on Eliza's hand. Just anything. Anything would do. But I guess it does make me feel better. You were talking about uh, with Decelia, the, the character with the, the uh, interesting sleeves uh, that sort of stick out in her costume. Uh, she it, I, <laughs> was created for Rebirth. Um, so she's a new character. This is her, oh, okay. I think this is her first, yeah, this is her first appearance in the comics. Interesting, because I definitely got the impression that I should know who she is just from the way that she was presented in this comic. I think that might be, I mean, I always kind of assume because the comics have such a rich 
and like very storied history and they go back and back and back that like when they introduce a character and they're like dun 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 uh, that that's a character that I don't know about but should know about from some previous comic iteration and so it does make me feel a little bit better that she's new yeah i I do feel better that uh that was nothing that we had to do any big research on she just kind of showed up and introduced herself to the world and we got to meet her in this issue so that's actually kind of a neat thing to get to discover this character for the first time with everyone else who reads this issue this is her first anytime we talk about character spotlights on supergirl radio we always talk about their first appearance this is her first appearance so that's actually kind of cool um, in terms of uh, Kara, we, we, we got to talk about some of the villains and other characters that were um, introduced in this issue, but we got to see more of Kara being Kara Danvers and what's going on with her when she uh, doesn't feel like she can be out and about as Supergirl. So what did you think about her her time being Kara? She got to spend some time with Ben and Belinda in this issue. What what did you think about what was going on with Kara? Yeah, I liked I liked getting some Kara Danvers time in this issue. We don't get a whole lot of it, but uh, it was interesting to see her sort of interacting with Ben and Belinda and talking about how maybe Catco is a little bit to blame for some of the sentiment against Kara. Um, and I also thought it was interesting that um, her bruises and her like sort of burns on her arm get get noticed. And that causes the DEO agents to be like, wait, what is going on with you? Because they're creepily like interrogating a bunch of children all the time (laughs) now, uh, which is super chill. Uh, (laughs) But I liked the way that she figured out how to get out of that, even though super suspicious. (laughs) Sorry, Kara, not as smooth as you think it is. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it doesn't translate so much on the page. Maybe if you saw it in action, it would be more... uh, Maybe you would be able to buy it a little more, but I I would agree. I don't know that just by looking at these panels, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. You set off a fire alarm with your heat vision and then I guess ran away really fast. (laughs) Uh, So I guess maybe I can go with it. But it was clever, at least in the fact that Kara was thinking her way out of it. Which I, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um, I really liked Kara in this issue getting to spend time with Ben and Belinda. And so I like that Kara has friends. I like that she's she doesn't seem as lonely anymore. I don't know if Kara would say that about herself at this point in her life. Uh, she might still feel like she's kind of on her own a little bit. But I like that she's, she's getting to know people and, and uh, making friends. And it seems like she... Uh, likes hanging out with Belinda and uh, thinks that she's really cool. And I like that Belinda sort of believes in her and, and, and thinks that Supergirl is doing good things in the world. And she even, I thought it was a nice writing touch that Belinda talks about Supergirl having distractions like the DEO and the Catco articles. And that was something that Kara talked about in Supergirl number 15, where she talked about all the distractions that she had with her life being Supergirl. And so I thought that was kind of a nice callback to the previous issue where um, they were talking about distractions and what distractions were in her life. Um, I have a question, though. What do you think about Ben and Belinda's relationship? Do you think that there's something going on there? Do you think there might be a love triangle, a Bruin? See, Carr seems to definitely think that Ben has a thing for Belinda, but... 
I don't know. I think that Ben sort of has a thing for cars. So I do feel like there's a little bit of a love triangle in the works. Now, Belinda, she's a wild card (laughs) because we don't really know what Belinda is doing because we just met her last issue. Um, But I think that she seems like a pretty cool character. Um, And I'm interested to see if that's going to, there's going to be a little bit of a love triangle. If we're going to see her and Kara bond more, I think that would actually be really nice. I don't know where they're going to go with that, but I think if they, even if they did a love triangle, which we both hate, we hate love triangles. We, We really do. Just get rid of them. Don't ever do one ever again in any story ever in the history of time, in the future of the world. Don't do them. Just stop it, people. If you think you have a new um, take on the love triangle, I am here to tell you, guess what? You actually don't. <laughs> you it's don't. It's been done. It's, I swear to I promise you. I promise you I can find it. It's been done. <laughs> it's been done every way. Uh, but should they do it, there's at least uh, the comfort in the fact that I like all the characters involved. I don't feel badly for any character. I would be uh, be upset if one character was sad afterwards, but I at least like all of the people involved. So uh, there's that, I guess. That's true. Yeah. And I, I like the characters and I think it's, I don't like the idea of a love triangle, but I think it's, it's very high school at the very least. So it seems at, at least it's an age appropriate love triangle. Like I feel like love triangles are the sort of things that happen when you're in high school, but it's not as fun when it's like a, a, a full grown alien man who's married. <laughs> yes. I, that's a good point. They are in high school. The, these are teenagers. So I guess that's, that's, that's more kind of in line with with that age where people maybe aren't acting as mature as maybe they should be. So I guess I could buy that as a, as a teenager thing, but they're all really great characters. And I like that Belinda and, and Cara seem to, um, have each other's backs and and want to hang out together. And Ben's been a really good friend to Kara. So I'm on board with all these characters being friends. I don't know if anything is going to come of that in the future, but uh, it's it's nice to see Kara having friends for sure. Um, so what did you think about the art in this issue? I like the art in this issue. I feel like, let me skim around. I liked, um, I actually liked the panel where, um, Kara and Belinda are in gym class and, and Belinda notices her her burns. But also, what is what is Belinda talking about? Ja, what is the thing that nobody else knows about? Is it Jai a lie? So I'm glad you mentioned this because because of the mention in this issue, I had to look it up because I was like, I don't know what that is. We didn't play that when I was in high school. Yeah, I'm like, what is that? Um, but it is a sport called High a Lie. And it's a sport involving a ball that's bounced off a wall space by accelerating it to high speeds with a handheld device. It's known as the world's fastest game. So it's actually kind of a cool sport. And I think at one time when it initially appeared as a sport, when it come at the height of its uh, <laughs> thrilling time in the world of sports, it was very popular. Um, I think it's died down now, but I I watched a little video on YouTube where people were talking about, oh, it was this big thing. People would put place bets on these teams and they'd have like these big superstars in this in this game. So uh, I think I missed all of that hoopla that might have been before Rebecca Johnson's time. 
But uh, High Alive was pretty popular back in the day. So it was interesting that it got a mention in the Supergirl issue. Interesting. I did not know at all what that was. And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, and I think it's funny that I I don't know if uh, Kara plays like she isn't good at it just to, you know, uh, sort of go along with her secret identity. I don't know if she fakes being bad at it because I assume Kara probably would be pretty good at sports if she wanted to because she'd be fast she would be able to control speeds and uh, probably accuracy if she wanted to I I think uh, Kryptonians on earth are probably pretty good at sports Superman is pretty good at football so I would think that Kara would actually be really good but she tells Belinda like I'm sorry I lost us the game so I don't know if that was intentional on her part to to hide that she's Supergirl or if she really just was bad at it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that she just like doesn't understand the rules to Earth sports. And so she's always doing like the opposite thing. Like she's like, if it's like in soccer, like kicking the ball into your own goal, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, possibly. Maybe she, uh, she and maybe her head's not in the game. She's busy thinking too much about Supergirl and everything that goes along with that. And like we've talked about with the these last two issues, she's got a lot of distractions in her life. Maybe she got distracted during that game and she wasn't focused. That's also very possible. That's true. Car, you got to focus. Eye of the tiger. You got to focus up on this game. It's a very fast sport. You got to be on the ball. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were like, what is that? Cause I felt like I didn't know anything either. I was so confused. I was like, oh boy, I, I don't know what anything is happen. what anything is happening or, or <laughs> going in this issue. It was just a lot of me going, huh? I guess in National City, high lie is a big sport. It's what they do there. You know, I guess it's sort of like, um, in my neck of the woods, uh, the the Southeastern Conference has, you know, a big focus on college football. I, I know, like, in the north, you get more hockey and those kinds of sports. So maybe it's a regional thing. Maybe maybe wherever National City is supposed to be, I guess, out, out west near, in the Californian west coast, I think it is. Maybe, maybe they're big into this sport out there. I could see that. Yeah, I can maybe see that as, as some, something to pass the time. Um, for me, uh, this issue continued the weird butt shots <laughs> that, uh, happened in Supergirl number 15. Butts, butts, butts. <laughs> Is it just me that I'm, I'm the weirdo for noticing it? I mean, I had it noticed it, but now it's all I see. <laughs> I feel weird. I'm like, is it is it just me or is this completely obvious? So like on page nine, when Supergirl swoops in and grabs Sharon Vance at the top of the page, it's a cool shot. Like, I think it's a cool perspective to see Supergirl flying up and, you know, grabbing somebody in midair. But it's also like, I don't know that I need to see Sharon Vance's butt. But it's also like butts. But it's also <laughs> like, what is happening? Why do I see much so much of her butt? Um, so I, I think that is just, it's a weird pattern that I see emerging in this art. Um, let's see. Also there on page 12, um, there's a small panel, but it's on the bottom left of the page. I think it's a cool shot because it's, it's Supergirl in the visor of one of the DEO agents. Oh, that is cool. I thought that was a cool uh, way to depict that as um, Supergirl's point of view as she's looking at this DEO agent. I thought that was pretty cool. I was confused on page 21. 
I just got really uh, confused on page 21 because I wasn't sure what was happening with Decelia and her neck. Um, I don't know if Director Bones has any kind of control on her and she's trying to break the control that she was under. I, I was just really confused about that whole situation. Yeah, I was too. She So Director Bones is, is kind of like, yeah, I've got you under my control and you're just going to be, you know, working for me now. It's all Director Bones all the time. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then when she's uh, creating mayhem, she immediately sort of breaks out of that control. And it looks like there is some sort of weird tattoo or something on her neck that like bursts. I don't direct a bone. That doesn't seem like a good system. <laughs> if it's that easy to break. I don't know what's going on there, but I, that's what I assume is happening. I feel like director bones is not very good at this because <laughs> this is the second person that he's completely lost control of. His motive is falling apart a little bit. He's trying to get Supergirl under control by using these other ladies, supervillains to fight her and to get her to come out of hiding, but then he's losing control of them. I just think he maybe needs to regroup and rethink this because nothing he's doing is working and it's kind of defeating the purpose. Uh, so his his effort to control everything is leading to a lot of him being out of control. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, a, a, an interesting uh, consequence for uh, Director Bones's actions in this one. And of course, uh, we probably should mention just to document it, Supergirl number 16, 16 issues in. Still no explanation for why Eliza Danvers still has no right hand. We still don't know. We might never. I'm just uh, preparing myself never to find out. Uh, but just want to document it on the podcast that we still have no explanation. We're just going to have to come. We need to maybe speculate. Maybe we need to pitch a backstory for what happened to her hand. Um, I'm going to have to think on that. Maybe that could be like a future Supergirl radio episode. We have got to find out writing her her backstory and figuring out <laughs> if they won't do it we'll do it <laughs> yes somebody <laughs> should write an uh, write an issue or an episode of eliza danvers and why she has a missing hand it's like fine we'll just do it <laughs> <laughs> i mean if, if you're just gonna be lazy about it somebody should um yeah so uh what are your overall thoughts about uh supergirl number 16 um this i didn't like this one as much as number 15 actually um, I thought it was like a little bit, it was very action heavy, um, which I like sometimes, but not always. And I just felt like I was just in a constant state of confusion in this issue, which probably says more about me than this issue. But I was confused about who Sharon was. I was confused, uh, about, um, what's his name from the beginning of the oh Master Cola. Yeah. Master Cola. I didn't remember him at all. And I, I, knew from the dialogue that I should have. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, he is, Sharon might not have been in this, but he definitely was. <laughs> I 100% don't remember him. Um, I was confused about uh, Decelia. I thought maybe she was somebody I should be familiar with from past comics. So I spent a lot of this issue going, what have I forgotten? Which made me feel bad about my own memory. Um but I did like some stuff in this issue. I liked seeing Kara with um, Eliza and Jeremiah again. We got a little bit more of that family dynamic. I liked seeing Ben and Belinda. I liked seeing Director Bones being evil, but sort of incompetently so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so I thought it was a, I thought it was an interesting issue, and I think it it, it still sets up this universe in which there is just this uh, amazing amount of suspicion on pretty much everybody. I think there is like one. Uh, panel i think it's in this issue where they're talking about like people getting pulled aside to like be asked questions about like where they were at a certain certain time and it's just like everybody say it is like this is out of control now this paranoia about who supergirl is um and it's a it's a definitely a weird concept that there would be like full-grown adults in like high school just like grilling teenagers like where were you last night and like somebody just breaks down about how they were like drinking in their backyard <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what they want like these grown adults are like oh god no <laughs> yeah like I, I i you you got me i opened the liquor cabinets like oh <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get answers out of them one way or the other but they might not be the answers you want they're not the answers you're looking for um yeah i would agree with you i think the action did confuse me a little bit. There were a few good moments of character uh, beats in this one. Uh, I really liked the fact that Belinda and Kara have become friends, especially because Belinda is a name, if you've read uh, Cosmic Adventures in the 8th Grade, I think is the official title oh, yeah. of that story. Uh, Belinda is a bully in that story. Ooh. I think it's neat that in this uh set of issues uh, that we've seen of Belinda, she doesn't seem like a bad character. She seems like a good friend, somebody who cares about Kara, somebody who believes in Supergirl. And so I think it's a nice flip that this Belinda is not a bully. She's actually a good friend and uh, someone who is uh, a character you can care about. So uh, I thought that that was a good flip on that. And I do think that there uh, was some good quality director bones in this. A lot of a lot of panels of him smoking, <laughs> which I really appreciated. Yes, not not as much of seeing the smoke weirdly go down his his skeleton neck, where you could see it through the transparency of his his weird skeleton body, but a lot of good uh, panels of him smoking. So yeah, this was not my favorite, but uh, it did give us a few good character beats uh, here and there throughout the issue. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 16. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. If you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 16 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do that by calling 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And on Spotify, we also have a musical playlist uh, that features music from the Supergirl TV series, as well as uh, anything related to Supergirl, really. So you should check that out if you want uh, a cool new playlist. We are also on uh, DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. 
And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. I was trying something new there, which is to go terrifyingly fast with the names. It's sort of... (laughs) audibly sounded like when you're at the gym and someone (laughs) is on the treadmill and you maybe hit the speed on the treadmill too many (laughs) times and it goes a little too like too fast for you to keep up with like maybe you didn't want to go uh seven miles an hour and you you had to like change it really fast to slow down that's uh audibly that's what that uh that put that mental picture in there for me it's amazing because that's the exact experience i was going for (laughs) (laughs) um maybe i've had one of those uh experiences I, i can speak from personal experience um having to deal with the treadmills on the regular Uh, So uh, that is what that made me think of. Um, Well, if you would like to follow me, you can do that on Twitter at uh, DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. You can also follow me on Instagram at TheDerbyKid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. And I also do a little voice acting on a podcast called The Fakest, which is about a crazy group of people who work in the industry of fake news. <laughs> so if you want to hear um, some uh, silly and zany stories, check out The Fakest. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, where we will drop an episode occasionally. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we should have some stuff up uh, this month and probably some stuff up next month. We've got some plans they they should be really fun uh we just have to uh get the motivation to do them which is the (laughs) hardest part of doing anything uh and uh you can also check out some of the supergirl um uh comic-con interviews that i did uh we talked about that pretty extensively in our super uh our super our super san diego (laughs) comic-con uh, rundown a couple of weeks ago, uh, but you can find those on TV Junkies. That's uh, thetvjunkies.com, and uh, uh, those should be posted. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, still a very uh, popular uh, issue on the interwebs uh, that Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom made it out to the masses. I mean, we're still very proud about that. We're still very happy. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to be proud about that for a while. I think this is going to be my crowning achievement on this podcast. <laughs> Because it, it it started just, you know, between us, then it kind of went out a little bit to the listeners. You know, this exclusive group of people who listen to the podcast. Now it has gone to the masses and even to Lena Luther herself. <laughs> so that is a uh, monumental thing that has happened since then. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth.